You're listening to the British English Podcast, a show that helps English learners around the world discover British culture, along with useful language that natives are actually using day to day with me, your host, Charlie Baxter. I'll be recording a variety of episodes in this podcast. Some will be a one-man show focusing on a specific bit of British culture or British English language, whilst others will be conversational with guests on the podcast. If you are a fan of my YouTube channel called Real English with Real Teachers that I have been running with my good friend Harry Giles, then you'll be pleased to know that he will be a guest on this podcast multiple times. And if you've never heard of my YouTube channel, then I highly recommend watching it, especially if you are an intermediate to advanced English learner wanting some light-hearted education. So, in this introductory episode, I sit down with Harry, who is also a British English teacher, and we discuss our journey to becoming online content creators for English learners. Now, I've chosen this as episode one, as I think it will be a good way for you to learn a little bit about me and my friend Harry, who will be a frequent guest in future recordings. This episode, like pretty much every future episode, is filled with incredibly useful language for you to learn in order to sound more natural when communicating in English. Let's get into the conversation I had with Harry going down memory lane. So let's get into it. Um, where should we go back to, Harry? Well, I guess it would make sense to go back to where we started as teachers, wouldn't it? Like how we ended up teaching our own language. Because it's not, it's not a typical job, but um, it might be interesting for people to know that. And then, you know, to, and to understand how we ended up here recording a podcast for English learners. Okay. Okay. Yeah, let's. Let's also include where we met. Where did we meet? That's a good idea, Charlie. Yeah, that's true. Um, so we met at university. We met at Nottingham Trent University. Charlie and I were on a psychology course together. And I think we met on the first day, didn't we? On the first day of our, our course. I think I was sitting like behind you. Yeah, yeah. Harry turned up late for the first lecture. And I think, didn't you ask for a pen from me? That's was what... that our meet cue? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think that's what you always say when we tell this story. It sounds like we're a couple, doesn't it? Oh, you, you tell the story. You tell the story. But yeah, normally that's what we say. I think I asked for a pen because um, Charlie is the kind of guy that brings lots of spare pens, whereas I'm the kind of guy that, you know, might forget to bring a pen altogether and a bit of paper. I think I sometimes used to ask for a bit of paper as well. Oh, wow. Bit of paper. That's the one thing that you're expected to bring. Yeah, definitely need some paper. Yeah, because it's easy to get a pen, but it's embarrassing asking for a bit of paper. Isn't it? <laughs> oh, sorry, have you got a spare laptop? <laughs> it wouldn't really work nowadays. It would, maybe it would be an Apple Pencil. It's all very forward-thinking, high-tech stuff. Yeah, can I borrow your Apple Pencil, please? <laughs> yeah. Sorry, it's not charged. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I wonder, like, how many people now, or, like, the percentage of people that have pen and paper versus those that have a laptop in lectures. Like in the lecture mm. theatre, which is the place where you have your, your classes, your lectures at university. I, want, I bet there's loads of laptops now. I bet it looks completely yeah. different. So we became 
close friends quickly. Uh, we both had the same kind of taste in comedy. And there was a particular comedy that we used to love, which is The Office. And we, our friendship was built upon um, quotes from the series. And a quote is like a phrase or a line that was said in a show. So we used to say quotes that one of the characters said on the show. And that was basically how our conversations were. We used to just talk in quotes, didn't we? Yeah, we did. We used to share phrases left, right and center um, and just accompany each other to the lectures, quoting back and forth. Exactly. But we didn't really, so we didn't study languages because we studied psychology um, and then we went into careers that weren't, weren't really related to psychology at first, were they? What did you do after uni? That's true. Yeah, I, I went into television um, programming. It was a really ridiculous job, but it was <laughs> it was the start of something that I thought would lead me to writing comedy scripts. That was actually really? what I yeah, that was what I hoped because I sat down with the the comedy writer in the programming office, and he was telling me what to do. Um, but I I just didn't follow it up because I hated the office politics and having to climb the career ladder in that industry was is quite tiring mm, nice language there to climb the career ladder meaning to progress in a company or or in a particular career so what so what would be the the progression in in a for, to become the next ricky gervais to become like a, a successful comedian what ladder would you have to climb? So you start off as a, an office runner, which is also known as the office bitch. And you, <laughs> you give coffees to the boss. Every sing- I couldn't believe how many coffees this, this boss had. <laughs> he would honestly have eight coffees a day. And it was all the, the instant coffee, the rubbish, rubbish um, Nescafe. Uh, he just liked not a fan. watching you suffer, didn't he? He just liked yeah, watching you run off. Yeah. Would you like another coffee, sir? Is he still alive? I don't know. No, I think he, he is because that company's still still going. So that company actually um, did Peep Show, which was another huge sitcom that Harry and I quoted throughout our university years. And the writers of Peep Show were, were going to that office and I would have to prepare the meals and everything and get ready, get that that room ready for it. You had to prepare meals. What kind what kind of meals? I had to I had to pop off to Marks and Spencer's and get some um, you know, two for one sandwiches. No, they didn't have a, a limit. It wasn't two for one. That was that was two just for my lunch. I would happily accept a two for one sandwich situation me right too. now i'd be fine i'd be absolutely fine with that but it's a bit late for me it's 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 nearly 9 p.m i've i've just had tuna pasta i'm, I'm not i'm not hungry before we go into our dietary habits i just want to say pop off i really like that you said i had to pop off to the shop to get sandwiches so a nice colloquial natural way to say go somewhere like normally yeah. something quite quickly right i'm going to pop going to pop off to the shop yeah and you can say it without the off can't you you can say i'm going to pop to the shop going to pop off and get something yeah or and if you're outside the shop you could say i'm going to pop in and get some chewing gum yeah if you need chewing pop gum. in 
Yeah. And you can invite someone to your house. I'll pop in and have a cup of tea. Yeah. Next time you're in town, pop in, say hello. Yeah. (laughs) Also, if you live with someone, you could say, I'm just going to pop out. I'm just going to pop out. Oh, where are you going? Don't worry. I'm just popping out for a minute. I'll be back in a sec. Chill out. None of your business. Yeah. Yeah. I'm popping out. Just ask me no questions and I'll tell you no lies. Um, (laughs) I'm going to shag your mum. No. (laughs) Well, 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 good language here. No, I mean, not shag your mum bit, but we might as well explain it. Um, ask, ask no questions and I'll tell you no lies. That's like a little proverb in a way, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And it, it means if you're dishonest and you don't want to be dishonest, then you could say this proverb to, to hint to the person, you know, just stop asking me stuff. Yeah. Yeah, stop it. Yeah, because I don't want to lie to you. So, um, yes, we met in England at university 10 years ago. And um, and we've been around the world since then, but we'll, we'll get to that perhaps. So we finished our degrees. We were done with psychology. We moved on to other careers. And then a year later, or maybe a, a few more years later, we realised that it wasn't for us. Something isn't for you, it means that you don't like it. It's not quite right for you. It wasn't for us, was it, Harry? It wasn't for us, no. I was trying marketing and sales, trying to sell something I did not understand. And uh, it was it was terrible. I hated it. And then I remember Charlie saying to me, I'm, I'm going traveling. I'm, uh, I'm done with this, uh, this office rubbish. I'm going traveling and I'm going to work as an English teacher. And I was thinking, wow, you are, you are gutsy. You are gutsy, uh, meaning very courageous, very brave. Um, and I thought, to wow, have okay. guts. Yes, to have, to have guts. guts. Gutsy. He's got guts. Yeah. He's got real guts. And, uh, and that's where it all started for Charlie. Um, so you went off to Chile, didn't you, Charlie? That's right. Yeah, I got a job in Santiago de Chile. And I, I was there. I'll never, I'll never get tired of you saying that. No, I don't think you will. Uh, and I'll never get tired of saying it, Harry. So, um, yeah, I was there for about nine months. Um, I travelled a bit around uh, South America and, and learned how to teach English um, as a foreign language, which is really different for us because if, if you've not come from that background, if you've, if you've not learned language as a as another language then it's a really weird concept to try and teach it but yeah. um yeah I was I was trying to understand it and um before I knew it I was setting up my own online uh classes and uh set up a little website and then I invited you on there didn't I you did actually yeah yeah I like the way you said before I knew it as well before I knew it um meaning uh, something was unexpected Right. So like oh, you were in Chile and then before you knew it, you had your own classes online. Yeah. Suggesting like things happen quickly and suddenly it's all there. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's a good synonym. And suddenly I was doing this Yeah, yeah. so quick. Yeah. And yeah, you invited me to be on your website. I remember there's a, there was a little <laughs> uh, it was I found it. I, I, I actually I quite liked it. But at the same time, it was a little bit patronising. Oh, massively. Yeah. yeah it was yeah. like, I'm your boss. You're my yeah. best mate, but I'm your boss. <laughs> yeah, you can be on my website, 
I'll find you students and you have to give me $5 US every time you get a student. Yeah, that was the plan. But it didn't go uh, accordingly. <laughs> accordingly, meaning it didn't go as I expected. Or according to go... plan. Didn't go according to plan. Very good, yeah. Um, but l- we've skipped a little bit. So why did I invite you on? Were you still marketing at that point? Uh, no, I, so I, I packed in marketing. Packed Ooh. in, meaning quit. I packed it in and I went off to Southeast Asia. Uh, so I went to Thailand, Laos, Vietnam and Cambodia. Um, and when I was in Cambodia, I did some voluntary work as an English teacher. And since Charlie told me he was doing that, I had always been, you know, quite curious to to give it a try. I thought, well, maybe this is something I could be good at. Both of my parents are teachers um, and I thought, well, I'm I'm going to give that a try. And I remember, so we were chatting occasionally when I was in Asia. You were still in Santiago de Chile. Um, and we, I remember once we had a chat for quite a long time um, on Skype or maybe WhatsApp. It was a video call. And I was in this horrible apartment that I was paying like $10, $10 a night for in Vietnam. Just this horrible little room on this incredibly busy street. And Charlie, you were living with a a single gay man. Uh, yeah yeah in Chile and you had a he wasn't single actually he had a husband they were living together oh I see okay right why not yeah it's a yeah 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 so cosmopolitan of me very cosmopolitan yeah uh you're a very modern metrosexual man and there you had a swimming pool and you showed me whoa 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 you can't just say that word and move on metro metrosexual did you say well you're very metrosexual i feel like you should define this <laughs> okay so a, a heterosexual man a homosexual man and then in the middle of that is a metrosexual man a man that is <laughs> well it's not a sexual. No, no 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 but it's the behavior of feeling in touch with their feminine side you're very comfortable with you know maybe plucking your eyebrows I don't do that anymore. I used to do that. I used to do that a little Did bit. Did you? Yeah, I used to do that. But I've, so I've, I've let that go. I've let that go. To pluck your eyebrows, to pull hair from your eyebrows. Wow. Um, but yeah, just general um, maintenance of the body might uh, lead you to be called a metrosexual person. Metrosexual right. man. Normally, you wouldn't flip this round with a female, would you? No, it's always about guys. It's always yeah. about guys. Yeah. But yeah, you're a very metrosexual man. I love it that even after 10 years of knowing you, I'm still finding out new stuff about you. I did it, I did it once or twice, um, or I got it done. So I had my eyebrows plucked, or I think I had them threaded. That's when they use like string, like a, a thread to, yeah, to pluck your eyebrows. Isn't that a bit of an Asian technique? It it's, is. It's definitely westernized now. It but... is, yeah, yeah, yeah. We have a a large Asian community in Bedford, my hometown. So I, yeah, it's not, not, not hard to get your eyebrows threaded if you want it. Okay, it's not hard to get your hands on a threader. <laughs> exactly. To get your hands on something, Charlie, what's that? 
to obtain something or to nice have it yeah yeah that's it to obtain that's really nice really really nice at uni we were both rubbish at stats that was something we had to do like the numerical part of psychology you have to calculate your results and find out if the research you have done actually means anything um we liked doing the experiments but then when it came to the stats and the numbers we hated it and that yeah. that has haunted us our whole like career until now hasn't it spss that was yeah. the software that we had to use that we hated um that we dreaded to dread to really fear to hate it to to yes. hate the idea of using it or doing it yeah yeah, um, I remember there was a particular experiment that we enjoyed and it was the um, attractiveness of accents. This was our first linguistic challenge, perhaps, wasn't it? We managed to get a northerner, an Irish, uh, a southern English accent and and maybe even a Brummie, uh, someone from Birmingham. And uh, we we tested how attractive these accents were to other people and the irish one was a very pretty uh girl that we liked called rachel yeah you, yeah you you especially liked her didn't you <laughs> i think we both liked her but i managed no, we to, did. i managed to get her and you were like <laughs> oh what yeah no if anything i liked her more uh but i had no success with her so i just had to watch her and charlie from a distance <laughs> Oh, so um, we got to... I worked as a volunteer. Oh, yeah. A volunteer teacher in Cambodia. You were in a horrible um, situation, like accommodation-wise, and we were having a phone, uh, a WhatsApp video call. That's it. We had a WhatsApp video call, and Charlie said, wow, you really should, like, become a teacher and teach online. And uh, I thought, yeah, that's really cool. I've I've done, I've done a bit of... Um, face-to-face teaching in a classroom i liked that um and after that trip so i've had i had this advice from charlie i had some experience in the classroom and i thought yeah teaching is for me um so i did my tsol course um teaching english as a foreign language and i absolutely loved it and uh, i didn't start teaching online straight away I moved to Spain and I worked in a in a language academy. So teaching in the mornings and evenings to kids and adults. That's right. And you were in the, the north of Spain, in the Basque country, weren't you? It was, yeah, the Basque region. Yeah. And I felt like it was a bit of a strange location to go to because it, it almost mimicked the UK's weather, didn't it? It did, yeah. Mimic to copy, to, to imitate. Yes, it was. It was really wet. Uh, which is what every student says to me about England. You know, they say, is it really as wet as people say it is? Um, and I, I normally say no, but it is quite miserable. It's very grey, isn't it, in England? Uh, but in the Basque country of Spain, it's so wet. I remember a student told me a little bit about the the, the sort of mountains that are near it and the coastal breeze. Uh. It kind of traps the the weather ah. there so it's a bit of a unique situation for spain yeah, the pyrenees mountains. So it, yeah 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 so they they create a bit of a cloud of rain 
constantly. Yeah, yeah. So you were there and you were enjoying your teaching? I was enjoying it. Yeah, I liked it. Um, and I got a taste for online teaching because some of my students were, um, I had to teach them online. I had to teach them on Skype. So they were on their lunch hour, these these students. They, they're working in businesses. I, I was teaching accountants, um, people... Yeah, people in financial jobs, uh, salesmen, all kinds of different occupations. And on their lunch hour, they had to talk to me and learn English. And they did. it wasn't out of choice for them. It wasn't their choice. So they, some of them were happy because we had a good relationship, but most of them didn't want to learn English. It wasn't right. It wasn't fun. Um, but while I was doing that, you were, you were teaching people that wanted it. And you, whenever I spoke to you, um, you, you were saying like, God, why don't you just start your own thing? Because it's fun. The students want to learn. Um, you can choose your hours. I mean, I was working until like 10 PM sometimes and starting at 7 AM. So it was absolutely, it's the worst, uh, schedule I've had. So, yeah, and you had a lot of time going to different places. You were constantly on the move. Yeah, yeah. on the move, exactly. The move. Yeah, moving from place to place. Good expression. Um, but yeah, you're right. I think um, it is lovely that you get to to meet different people. You could say all walks of life, couldn't you? Mm. Like you get to meet all walks of life in this job meaning all different types of people mm. from financial brokers to advertisers to volunteers of very good projects in the world <laughs> to unemployed students. <laughs> yeah, I I haven't had many unemployed students, actually, because normally they're funding their own lessons. Have you had many unemployed students? I, I've had quite a few, yeah, actually. It's, it's, a, it's a running trend. Really? I wonder why... Do you, do you think maybe they choose you because you're quite smart and you seem professional? So they feel like if they take, job, take a, a lesson with you, they might get a job. <laughs> I don't think that's their logic. I don't right. know. I don't know. I could ask them, why are you choosing me? What are you yeah. thinking? Um, so, yeah. Harry was in Spain, I was in Chile, and then I moved to America to be with my one and only girlfriend uh, that I've been with for a long time now. It's coming up to seven years. Wow. So I moved to wow. America and you came back from the Basque country after a year and you went to the UK. And that was where you started your own thing. You went onto a website that we've used and we had online lessons and then we thought about doing something together didn't we we did yeah and we actually originally wanted to start a podcast we recorded a an episode talking about i don't know silly topics like what would you do if you ran over a cat for example that was that was one of the scenarios um do you remember any of the other ones from that episode that one is the the most obvious one to me it's the highlight it was a good one though I, I liked it we we had a lot of cackles coming out of that one we did cackles laughter it's also a verb to cackle i was cackling yeah i think it's more common as a verb yeah, yeah. i was laughing out loud uh yeah so we did that and then uh, people enjoyed it but i thought well why don't we show our faces and then we thought yeah then we uh, did the YouTube channel. That went well. 
Uh, and now we're back to not showing our faces again. <laughs> two, two, three years later. Well, that was yeah. three years ago. Yeah, yeah, three years ago. Um, but we've had flies. we've had quite a, an experience in those last three years. We've not just been doing videos, although that has actually taken up a huge amount of time and effort. Um, we found a little bit of uh, fame, small small amount of fame, from doing street <laughs> interviews, didn't we? We did, we did. Um, just really quickly, it has taken up time and effort. It's quite obvious, but it's occupied um, in our lives. Yes, yes. So that was where we got a little bit more success. And uh, and the likes of English with Lucy helped us as well. But <laughs> uh, street, in- street interviews um, was a unique thing that people recognised us for. It's true. Yeah, yeah. That was nice. Recently, I went to a a YouTuber's conference in Berlin with lots of other language teachers who have YouTube channels. And um, I recognized lots of people there and I didn't expect people to recognize me. I was there on behalf of our channel, Real English with Real Teachers, because Charlie was in Australia. Um, and uh, and people recognize, quite a few people recognized me and it was from these street interview videos. Uh, and if you haven't seen them, guys, um, check them out. It's a great way to w- learn naturally spoken English um, and to really understand native speakers because that, that's the hard, that's one of the hardest things when you learn a language. And that's what this podcast is about as well, isn't it? Definitely, yeah. So we kind of bonded over the experience of teaching English to foreigners and realising that there's something that they're not quite getting, which was real English and how natives of different pockets of the UK or other English speaking countries are using the language in in such different ways that non-natives just don't understand and they're not being exposed to because in their textbooks they're still learning the idioms like it's raining cats and dogs which we don't really use anymore. If you'd like to check out our videos they are great. (laughs) That's an unbiased decision there. They are great. From yeah. a co-founder. Yeah, I can read out at least three comments that have said that as well from our fans. Um, okay. Unbiased. Great. Biased. Proof. Unbiased. Good words. Yeah, biased. Um, encouraged to have a different opinion. Influenced. Yeah, you're one-sided. So you normally want an unbiased opinion of something before you go forward and yes. and use it or buy it yourself. Yeah, so like kind of neutral, isn't it? If it's neutral, unbiased, unbiased yeah. very good synonym. So yeah. like, as another example, I'm from England. If I said something like, um, we have the best football league in the world, that would be a biased thing to say because I'm from England. So obviously I'm going to think that. And I, yeah, I have interests in that. I don't really, I don't actually like, don't actually like football, but if I did, I could say that and that would be biased. You would have to ask a football fan from, from another country, maybe a country that doesn't have a football league, for example. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe an outsider. Yeah. So that, I think in football, if we're going to continue with that, they often get a referee from a different country when it's like the World Cup, for example, they never, if, if it was England versus Argentina, they would never have an Argentinian or English referee. They would always have a neutral based 
referee. Very, yeah, very good point. Because they don't want to, they can't have a biased referee. That's, yeah, if you've got an English referee, he might make decisions, biased decisions. Yeah, he might favour the Brits. Yeah, maybe David Beckham wouldn't have been uh, sent off in that game against Argentina. Oh, God. If we'd, if we'd had an English ref Ooh. and not that bald man. <laughs> Something Luigi. Anyway, so um, we joined forces. We did the YouTube channel. We did street interviews. And we also realised that we should have a course where people come and live with us. Because it wasn't only the fact that people weren't being exposed to native dialects and, and accents and informal language, but it was also the confidence. We found that our students, the ones that were doing well, were the ones with more confidence. And the ones that, you know, weren't able to keep the fluency going were the ones that were shying away from things. So they were not as brave as others and they weren't comfortable making mistakes. So we wanted to provide an arena, an area or a week worth's content where they could feel comfortable. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, exactly. Um, so we, we invited our students or fans on YouTube um, to come and stay with us in the UK and we had a, a residential English course. And like Charlie says, it, it was all about building confidence and fluency uh, when speaking in English. So we we would go to a busy area of Brighton, for example, and release the students into uh, into the wild, uh, it, onto like the busy high street, um, a shopping street, and challenge them to interact with people. Um, and it sounds really scary. I mean, it, it, it would be a scary thing to do as a learner, but it benefits you so much. It does. But we weren't throwing them in at the deep end early on, were we? No. We were, we were giving them small challenges throughout the week and building their confidence. And then at the end, we kind of gave them that, that big challenge. And we didn't tell them that at the beginning. And I think that was good of us because they would have been petrified. No, exactly. No. Uh, normally we were good at that, about not revealing things early on. Uh, but one time, so one of my favourite things to do on these courses was a walk along these beautiful cliffs near Brighton. Uh, <laughs> and they are spectacular. They're like one of amazing England's best um, tourist attractions. Yeah, yeah. It's called Seven Sisters. And usually it's quite a long walk. Um, but you don't need to mention that at the start. But when so we we got out uh, the car, um, had all the students with us, and Charlie Charlie said to everyone, "Okay, get your coats, guys, because it could be about <laughs> we could be walking for about three hours." Harry reacted to that very strongly. He was like, "What? Not three hours?" I was like, yeah, it often is. And he's like, God, that sounds awful. I don't want to do that. I was actually referring to the toilet. I was like, if you if you want to go to the toilet, guys, it's a bit gross over there. But we've got three hours of hiking coming up. So, uh, yeah, best use the can. The can, the can, the toilet and gross. It's gross over here. So it's disgusting, right? The toilets here are mm. disgusting. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. 
seconds. We did it actually seven times. We did this course seven times over the period of yeah. like a year and a half, two. two years. Yeah, yeah, maybe a year and a yeah. half. Yeah, yeah. Because we were doing about, yeah, four a year. And then we, yeah, we did three and then you went to Australia. Or I buggered off to Australia. Mm, buggered off. Meaning. Not such a harsh swear word, but it is a swear word. To bugger off, a phrasal verb, to leave in a rude way. Yeah. But you can't, yeah, you can tell someone to leave as well. You can say bugger off, which means F off, you know, like the, the rude F word. Mm, it's like saying But that. a more polite. Yeah. But yeah, it is slightly less, yeah, it is like a more polite way of saying yeah. F off. Are we swearing I, on this podcast? This is the first podcast. Are we going to swear? I think we should. I think it's real English. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't I don't want to hurt their ears. Hurt you guys. Um no. you know, you might not love swearing. Um it is a part of language, so we should include it and we shouldn't be afraid of using it, but I would say Harry's a bit more of a potty mouth than me. Harry likes to swear a bit more than me. So I'm going to say, yes, let's swear, but not too much. Okay. Yeah, I like that. I like that. I think we want to get off on the right foot. Oh, get off on the right foot. Yeah, to to start strong, to, to begin in the right way with people. Like have a good first impression. Yeah, exactly. To get off... On the right foot. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, to have a good first impression. And you can say, I think we got off on the wrong foot there. If you've had a bad experience with someone for the first time, have you ever, Harry? Uh, yeah, I think I think many, many times. Um, I can't, no, none, none are coming to my mind right now, but absolutely, absolutely. Though I'm, I do normally make a big effort to come across well the first you do. time. Yeah, you do. Yeah. You're a very um, socially relaxed person, even though you're sometimes anxious internally. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you come yeah, across, you're... you come across really relaxed. To come oh, across, good. you appear. That's a really, really common phrase, isn't it? To come across. Yeah. Good phrasal verb. Very good. Yeah. 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 To give the impression. Yeah. Oh, he comes across quite, quite polite, quite nice. He's well put together. He's well put together. He's like um, all organized in a nice character. Like he's got a nice yeah. overall character. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's a really good phrase of verb. Really, really good phrase of verb. We will leave it there for today's episode. Thank you very much for listening up to this point. I hope you enjoyed the show. Do grab that free worksheet by clicking the link in the show notes. My name's Charlie and I will see you next week on the British English Podcast. <laughs>